Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. Uh, we're back for our fifth episode to talk about what's happening in the world of data and data protection. And this week we're going to focus on three breaches that have hit the news. And we just want to talk about the impact on individuals and how they've come about uh, and why they're of interest uh, to Regina and I. Yeah, it's definitely been a, a busy news week for, for breaches, that's for sure. Um, and I guess the one that hit the headlines the most probably not unexpectedly, is the EasyJet breach. Yeah, and it's quite significant when you see the numbers. There were 9 million customers affected, of which 2,200 approximately records of individuals' credit card details. So it has a real impact on financial distress that it could cause individuals. And I think that's what's caught the attention. 9 million records is kind of wow. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, I imagine there's a lot of people in the country who will have flown EasyJet at some point and they'll be EasyJet customers. So there's then that question of, well, you know, have I been affected? And that's definitely been a while since I've flown with EasyJet. But I'm like, oh, you know, have I been affected? Is this something that is going to impact on me? Either just, you know, from the very basic level of my email address. And, you know, luckily I, I haven't booked flights with them in January, which is when I think the breach occurred. I think so. I think we're still waiting for the exact details if it was pre-pandemic or um, has been in between. I think when they've become aware, they've obviously notified the information commissioner, which is uh, is great. Um, they've also contacted the two and a half thousand individuals that have been affected in their credit cards to say, hey, uh, your details are at risk, which I think is really good and is part of the notification process. Yeah. And obviously this one was a an external hack. Uh, so somebody external to the business who has hacked the EasyJet website from what we can see. And that's how they've gained access to the information um, around individuals, their, their emails, and then those, those credit card details. And obviously they're, they're indicating it's a, a sophisticated hack, yeah. but it will certainly be interesting as the ICO investigate and work with EasyJet to find out a bit more about what's gone on. But I think it's obviously, from what they said, still ongoing as an investigation yeah and um, i think what's interesting for me is that this is not the first airline to no. be affected by this obviously british airways was just after the regulation uh, came into force and they are currently in negotiation with the ico about their 183 million pound uh, fine mm-hmm. and then there was cafe pacific who have been fined 500,000 because their breach happened pre-gdpr so airlines are clearly an attractive target even in uh, you know challenging times like today for sure and if you think about the nature of the data that criminals can look to get hold of because you know they're getting not just the valuable sort of name email address home address but there's also passport information which can be used to support identity checks and then obviously you've got high volumes of transactions happening all the time so again looking to get those details is probably pretty valuable you might have information then about when somebody's away from home absolutely and i thought it'd be quite useful just to give a few tips to people listening in terms of if they are one of the nine million what our recommendation should 
be and what if they're definitely one of the 2000 what they should do so for anybody that's had an easyjet account i would highly recommend you change your password and yeah. go in and do that now um i would say if you are one of the unfortunate individuals that have had their credit card details stolen i would absolutely talk to your bank or your credit card company to let them know to see if there's any um flags they can put on to the system to protect you and um, you can also contact action fraud who provides some really great advice about detecting fraudulent activity and then be really mindful of suspicious emails and phishing scams because i think they're going to be on the rise because of this and you could become affected quite badly if you give away more information absolutely and um i read a couple of articles about individuals who'd been notified so that um who'd had their credit card information accessed and they indicated that they'd been advised about this by easyjet back in April or March, I think it was. And they said they've been given access to um, free security monitoring on their bank accounts. They had a few, and I think um, a phone line that they can call EasyJet on as well to specifically deal with it. So the company are looking to support those people. It's worth taking advantage of those support. But the other thing, as you mentioned there, is with emails, it won't just be the phishing scams will probably be from looking like they're from EasyJet saying, you know, you've been involved in the scam because scammers know that that's, that's happened and that people go, oh my goodness, yeah. maybe I've got an EasyJet account and I have been accessed, so always be suspicious. Absolutely. It's a think, good approach. Absolutely. And I think for me, from a from a breach perspective, this could cause both financial and emotional distress, which is quite a trigger as to why the Information Commissioner um, has been involved. And I think this is why it's quite useful to talk about the next breach, which is the one that hit the news about Serco, not as high profile and didn't get as many words in the columns of the newspapers, but still one that was can have a certainly an impact on individuals. So yeah. Serco made an announcement that 300 uh, email addresses of contact tracers, these are individuals who are going to be doing the contact tracing before the app comes in, email addresses have been disclosed to each other. So it's just an email address. The impact is relatively low, However, the error that's happened is very common uh, in that they used the uh, CC box rather than the blind copy. So it was an error that could have been prevented easily. Absolutely. And I think that for me is the interesting point is the fact that people, when they think about data breaches, will often think about the risk of external parties to their business. So they'll be thinking about the hacker you know, that typical image of the hacker with the hoodie and it's all dark and mysterious with the Matrix background going on and <laughs> you know, trying to get into into your stuff and you've got to keep them out. Whereas so much of the risk is actually from individuals within your own business and within your own organisation, just that, you know, people, and they make mistakes. So I think there's that to air is human, isn't it? And it's, yeah. you know, people will make mistakes. And as a business, you need to try and think about how you can reduce that risk. And yeah. something as simple as that carbon copy, the CC field, rather than the, the BCC has been the res- resulted in so many different data disclosures. You know, yeah. the, the one back in the days of the, the Data Protection Act, pre-GDPR, the old 98 Act that the, the clinic in, in Chelsea, the HIV clinic in Chelsea, CCing everybody on their email list mm. for, the, for the newsletter and disclosing, in that case, it's not just an email, it's the fact that these individuals might have a very sensitive health condition that they mm. would want to disclose. So as much as you can think, oh, it's just an email address, sometimes the content of the email can add to the level of distress that's, that's disclosed. But what I found really interesting was um, when I looked at this is that um, one member of staff has actually raised this breach with the ICO. And for me, I think that's quite interesting due to the fact that I think what we've seen since GDPR was introduced, which is two years ago today, 
and um, yeah, it's it's two years ago, and I think the, the amount of awareness about people's data protection rights and the fact there is data protection law has raised significantly. So the fact that potentially it might have been something that Serco may not have considered needed reporting, but somebody within the organisation has actually looked to raise it with the ICO as an issue, because it, it says in the article that Serco are not reporting themselves to the ICO over this this particular breach. So for me, that's interesting, because I think there's a that heightened awareness for individuals is something that organisations really need to be aware of in terms of how they deal with data protection and train their staff. Yeah, and I think for me, I think these is I think the training is the key element because these are breaches that can be prevented. They are human error, and whilst there could be software out there that could help you, um, I think some simple tips for people is to you know use the blind copy rather than CC. Always check an email before you send it. I know we're in a constant rush today, but you know check before you send. And if you do send something in error, put your hand up. You know, let your data protection lead know or your DPO. And if you can retrieve it from the individual that you sent it to wrongly, do. I think there's some simple things that can help you reduce the risk to others. Though the impact on in this particular scenario is low because of of it just being 300 of contact traces, but it could have been significantly worse. Which I, think, is- um, I think the other thing that companies need to think about here is that again, they'll focus on the fine and potentially the fine here isn't going to necessarily even apply because of the nature of what's happened. And that will be interesting to see. However, I think bear in mind that this is related to the COVID-19 tracing app. And at the moment, that project needs to be building trust and yeah. engagement with the public to help them to to feel comfortable with sharing their data you know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago trust and reputation is going to be so important to any party involved with this project the fact there's now a headline a second one about a breach you know they also had an incorrect setting on a g drive account which meant that anybody could access a, a strategy presentation outlining the plans for the app you know these kind of little stories about inappropriate security and, and data breaches will actually end up detracting from the success of the app because people won't trust it and they won't want to share their data can't get the basics right how are they going to get something that's way more complicated right um so as much as fines will always hit the headlines that can be much more damaging to companies reputational their reputation and um, the trust that people have with them I think that leads quite nicely into the final story that I wanted to talk about today, which is the um, Irish commissioner has issued a fine of €75,000 to a company called, or it's a public organisation called Tusla, uh, and they've had free breaches which doesn't sound a lot, but these are free individual breaches um, caused massive emotional um, distress. So they have said that they have accidentally disclosed contact and location data of a mother and a child to an alleged abuser. Uh, There's been a separate incident where they accidentally gave contact and location and school details of foster parents and children to a grandparent, allowing the grandparent to make contact with the foster parents. And thirdly, they accidentally disclosed the address of children in foster care to an imprisoned father who then used the information to contact them. Right, Okay. so that's going to be absolutely in each of those cases, quite significant potential harm or emotional distress that that could come to each of those children as vulnerable individuals and distress to the family as a whole. You know, you get the shock and awe of a hack and you think that's quite amazing. Actually, these are the ones that cause the real emotional distress and no kind of uh, financial penalty is really going to take away the, the emotional distress that this has caused. So it's that 
all breaches can have different impacts on people, whether it be financial distress, emotional distress, or in this potential case, real potential for physical harm. And we have to always be mindful of the um, impact on individuals' rights and freedoms. And that's what you need to consider when you're thinking about notifying the commissioner, whether it be in this country or in Ireland or anywhere in Europe, is what's the impact on the individual? And and what are you going to do about it? Because you need to learn lessons. Absolutely. And I think that's key, isn't it? It's, it's considering all the factors, because I think, again, often there'll be that focus on the volume, as you said, you know, the um, the volume of, of records that have been disclosed and people will be dismayed by that. But actually, just one individual with significant enough data, if that's that's looked at and assessed to be harmful or risky to their rights and freedoms, then as much as it's just one record, you know, you really would need to be considering reporting and and again very much looking at implementing some very strict and improved processes to make sure it doesn't happen again and I'm sure as a public service agency there will have been some processes procedures training programs in place but mistakes will still happen and again probably you know we don't quite know and do we know how how those pieces of information were disclosed were they was it inadvertent emails they've just said they were disclosures yeah so it's um it's you know some of again it's probably simple errors or you know misaddressing information to the wrong person or or doing something in a hurry and just making sure you've got particularly if you're working with sensitive data good checks and balances in place to make sure that this type of thing doesn't happen because there'll be a lot of businesses organizations public sector agencies who'll be working with sensitive data on a daily basis and need to make sure that they They've got those processes in place. For sure. And as I'm sure our listeners can hear, they, we could probably talk about this for quite a long time and we've already run out of uh, our time uh, for today. So I think it'd be, if you do have questions that you want us to cover in the future, do email us at coffee at dbxuk.com. Yep, that would be really good. And we're always happy to hear from listeners and let us know what you think of the podcast. If there's any subjects that you see that you'd like us to chat about, we're happy to have suggestions. Otherwise, you'll be uh, served up with the things that we find interesting and want to bring to you and chat about. So that's been great fun again kelly thanks very much for flagging all those uh those interesting examples of data breaches and uh hopefully we won't see too many in the next few weeks mm-hmm.